Hey guys. Yeah, this is the. Um, I'm just checking something here real quick. Hold on. Well, I'm just gonna do something. All right. Just making sure it's uh, a little even there. Sorry. Because it looks like it's a little this way, but. Yeah, this is your uh, Royal Rumble review, Royal Rumble 2020. And uh, I have to say it was a good rumble. I didn't watch the pre-show because I think pretty much we knew that if any match was on the pre-show, it was going to go a direction um, we did not want to see, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, basically, um, the pre-show... Um, basically, I didn't see it, but I do know that Seamus beat Chad Gable, a.k.a. Shorty G, and Andrade beat Herberto, uh, Col uh, Herberto Colillo to retain the United States title. Uh, so, yeah. Not much to the uh, match itself. Um, as far as the main card goes, gotta give it credit, it was pretty good. Um, they started off with the Falls Count Anywhere match between Roman and Corbin, and, uh, yeah, you know, you may not be a fan of these two going up against each other one-on-one -on -one in a regular singles match, but this was pretty good. This was very entertaining. Um, of course, as we expected, you're going to have Ziggler and Rude and the Usos get involved, but literally, they did exactly what Roman said they were going to do on SmackDown when he said, oh, we're going to go all over the place at Minute Maid Park. Uh, they did just about that. They went everywhere. They went into, like, uh, they went towards where the international, most of the international broadcasters are positioned. Basically into the stands area. Gorilla position, whatever you want to call them, the camera areas. And like I said, where most of the international broadcasters are. They went into the equipment area, the camera area, hard cam, whatever. And... As soon as they got into that position, like right where the electrical stuff is, that's when Rude and Ziggler came out, started the beat down on Roman. That's when the Usos came out. Rude and Ziggler got the upper hand on them for a bit. And it looked like they were going to take out, uh, I think it was Jimmy Uso. Uso, because what they had done is they took Jay Uso, threw him across um, some boxes. He disappeared out of sight. But what happened is they were setting up this bridge with a piece of the barricade and they were going to put Jimmy Uso in it and Jay, he comes from the top of where they were, very top, like, like for example, where my hand is kind of reaching at and here's where they were, he came off of that straight down to here on top of his brother and Ziggler and, and Rude and they kind of took each other out of the equation. The uh, next thing that happened is Corbin and Ziggler, I mean Corbin and Roman continued to fight. They fought all the way to a part of of uh, the arena, a part of the uh, ballpark that had porta potties. I'm not joking about this. It had porta potties there, and as expected, Corbin got shoved into one, and it was tipped over. The only thing they didn't have is Corbin coming out with feces or crap on him. Um, and and that got a big pop for Roman. But again, they fought all over. They, they they definitely did what they could in this matchup, and I think it made it more entertaining because they actually the finishing part was they got on top of the Astros 
uh, dugout on top of it. It still says World Series on there. They haven't fixed that yet. So, they got on top of that. And basically it ends with Reigns spearing Corbin, you know, on top of the dugout. You would think he was going to spear him through something. But, it's like, he took him from, like, here's, here's where they were. Here's where the dugout where uh, Corbin was. Roman literally comes across, spears Corbin down, but he pins him on the roof. And thus he pins him on the roof and ends up winning the match. Uh, the match was overall good, I'll, I'll give it that. You know, for these two going one-on-one -on -one with each other in any kind of matchup, this was probably a good showing for them. So, I'll give them that. Now, and yes, Roman won, as expected, and a lot of people are hoping this is it for Roman and Corbin, but I don't think it's going to be, unfortunately. Um, so the next matchup we had was the Women's Royal Rumble match. And uh, this was very interesting, and it definitely shows, especially, and this also is a, a moot point later, and this is also an exact point later on, it shows you that the WWE brass has a lot of stock in some of these NXT stars. Because Alexa Bliss, who lasted in the Rumble for quite some time, um, remained there, uh, came out number one. But then the person that came out number two was the woman that's got a NXT um, championship match, women's championship, if you will, uh, match at NXT TakeOver Portland. Bianca Belair. Yeah, Bianca came out. And Bianca looked dominant. They gave, Bianca was allowed to be, basically, Bianca had a performance where she had a record setting almost seven eliminations. She set the record, I think. She was allowed to show her dominance. And that tells me that she may not win the NXT Championship against Rhea at Portland, but it tells me she's heading to the Raw or SmackDown brand very, very soon. One of those brands very soon. And she's going to be a top contender. But, yeah, Bianca looked really strong here. You had a lot of women coming in. You had the return of Molly Holly. Molly looked great. But it wasn't Molly Holly. It was her alter ego, Mighty Molly, which is fun. Um, let's see. You had... Uh, you had Kyrie Sane, you had Candice LeRae in there, you had Zia, uh, Isaiah Lee, or whatever her name is. You had a lot of competitors in here from NXT, from the main roster. You had Tamina in there, which was a surprise, so glad to see her back. And she was eliminated quickly, which was a surprise by Bianca. But overall, it was good. And again, the, the story of this was Bianca got to have a good showing. That is until she ran up against Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte came out. People were loving that moment, that stare down. Basically a tease of future main events between those two to come. And in the end, even though she continued her dominance at, at times, she was eliminated. She ended up being eliminated. Um, Alexa Bliss had a good showing. You know, Beth Phoenix came in there and she had a good show and even got busted up in the back. I was surprised when Beth Phoenix came out. 
So overall, it was just a very, very good showing for the ladies. Very good showing. And of course, the last entrant in that matchup was Shayna Baszler. There was no Ronda, there was no Nia, so those were thrown out the window, but it was Shayna, and the crowd popped. The crowd popped for Shayna. You had Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox both come in separately and both get eliminated separately, and I'm sure a lot of people like myself were thinking, they had a great opportunity here to put these two at the same time. What the hey? But yeah, they were both eliminated. But then, like I said, Shayna came in and she started at number 30 and she just started dominating. You know, she tossed the women out. She would ground by the back, ground by the waist and it's like, you're out. Put him in the Kofia clutch. You're gone. So, yeah. Shayna came in and it came down to her and, and Charlotte. And you're thinking Shayna's going to win, right? I mean, Shayna even acknowledged the fans popping. Acknowledged, in a sense, saying, like, listen to that. Like, she knew fans wanted her to win, but in the end it didn't happen. Instead, Charlotte ended up eliminating Shayna by pulling a Shawn Michaels, by grabbing Shayna's uh, neck with her legs. And set, first time couldn't get it, second time she did, and Charlotte is the winner of the Royal Rumble. And thus, Charlotte is going to go to WrestleMania. The only question is, who does she challenge um, at WrestleMania? And I said this on Twitter, I said this to just Alex, I said this to um, Joseph Winters, I, I said this to OTR Central, I said this to anybody I could tag at Twitter, prepare for, Beck, for, prepare for Flair versus Lynch 4. Now I know you're thinking, that it's more times, right? They faced each other more times. Here's the thing. On big stages, yes. They face no look. They faced each other many times. I'm not denying that. But from a big stage standpoint, this is big. This is huge. This is basically the fourth time they're going to face each other one on one on a big stage, as far as I know. And unfortunately, I think Becky's going to end up losing because you got to give it to Charlotte. Charlotte's got to basically set the record, set the trend of being the greatest of all time. And what better way to do that than WrestleMania? But then again, we have learned in the past that's not always the case. But I think, I think this is what fans, I think this is what Vince wants. This is what Vince McMahon wants. It's like take two of the hottest females um, on the brand uh, in WWE right now, two of the hottest, you know, you know, momentum-wise, and put them against each other. And I've got a feeling what's going to make this interesting is either Ronda is going to insert herself. It, Elf down the line and say, oh, by the way, I have a rematch in my clause, which means I can challenge at any time for that title, get another shot at that title. And oh, by the way, you know, and I was just thinking, and here's the thing, I was just thinking about this when I was outside taking out the garbage. What if Rhonda comes back, says her stipulation in the contract she signed states she can have a rematch anytime she wants, and it can be any kind of match she wants, and she says, let's do a triple threat rematch, but we'll do it under MMA rules kind of interesting when you think about it um but yeah charlotte ends up winning she does a promo saying look you know you may not like me or you may like me or you hate me some of you may want me to lose win whatever but she says here tonight i prove that this is my division she looked right in the camera and said this is my division as almost to tell everybody yeah uh no matter who you have up in top eventually they gotta fall to me 
So we'll see who she chooses. If she chooses Bailey, it's great. Uh, but I think we all know she's choosing Becky because she wants the story's going to be she has to beat Becky at WrestleMania. She has to beat Becky at WrestleMania one on one to ascend back to her throne to prove her dominance. That basically, in her mind, once she beats Becky on at Mania, Becky will go back to the to the way she was, or go back to the position that she's been in before, while she's looking up at the Queen sitting on top of the throne. So um, we'll have to wait and see, but I think the safe money's on Becky. Um, if she chooses, if she chooses Bailey, it's great. I think it would be a smart move if they do that, because then you could have. Becky on Raw and Charlotte on SmackDown as the top females for both brands. And I think that's that could be what WWE may do because they want to get a lot of eyes on SmackDown with it being on Fox. What better person to have as your champion on Fox than Charlotte? You know see what I'm saying? So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, so after that, we had... Ironically, I think we had the women's match, the SmackDown women's match, which uh, was okay, but it felt like an average match you can find on SmackDown or a house show. Um, uh, basically, Lacey did what she could, did her best. She definitely shows she's still a little green, which ironically is the color she wore tonight. Um, they played up the fact that her daughter and her husband are at ringside. Um, it was okay. It was sloppy at all. You could definitely tell that there were some botches by Lacey and I think even Bailey. But I think the botches that Lacey did, Bailey was able to cover for a little bit. But in the end, Bailey does end up winning by um, putting her knees up on one of the on uh, Lacey's finisher, which is the moonsault, the springboard moonsault, and then uh, pinning her and holding their tights to win the match. I'm guessing that we're not done here. My my thing is, what's going to happen is Lacey's trying to be presented as doing the right thing. That we may have Lacey come out and say, "Yeah, you beat me," but this footage shows that you had to use my tights to do it. So we might just get one more match between the two. Next up is what many are going to consider the best match of the night, and that is the Fiend against Daniel Bryan. Oh, brutal match! Brutal match. Uh, both guys went at it. The Fiend, of course, dominated throughout some most of it, but Daniel got in his moments, showed some dominance on his own, and you know he hit the running knee multiple times. He put on the LaBelle lock, which the Fiend was able to get out of, and he mounted Daniel, hitting him down like this. Um, basically, the moment came, came when the Fiend is down. And he did exactly what he's done before when he goes up against somebody. You know, you have a picture, you have the opponent. You know, Daniel's like thinking, okay, what can I do to beat this guy? Because he just kicked out of, the, I think, the running knee. And as he's contemplating that, all of a sudden you see the Fiend just stand up like he's back from the dead. And then Daniel's expression just changed like, oh, crap. <laughs> like he knew, like, oh, crap. Now what do I do? And so he tries to fight violently with... Uh, the strap doesn't phase the Fiend. He tries to fight back more, but the Fiend hits him with the mandible claw, then lifts him up with a Uangati slam. Uangani, Ga, U, a Uangagi slam. That's Uangagi slam with the claw. Gets the pin and uh, wins the match. Um, afterwards, 
Uh, of course, the Fiend then does his disappearing act, and then afterwards, Daniel is left in the ring. He gets a standing ovation for a great effort. Uh, a lot of officials are there to try to help him out, but he doesn't want help. He collapses in the aisleway. Then he get then the officials are trying to help him to the back, and then as he's getting back up, he just shows him away, saying, "No, I don't need your help. I'm going to the back on my own." And I think that's great storytelling because what it's telling from because what it's saying from that perspective is Daniel is basically being defiant. Like, yeah, fiend, you beat me, but you did not break me, and I'm gonna walk out of here on my own power. So I don't think this thing between Daniel and the fiend is over yet. And there was one thing I pointed up on Twitter. And uh, Joseph Winters uh, listened in on this, and I don't know. I, I don't know exactly um, if anybody else responded, but I was I, I tweeted this to everyone there, like Joseph Winters, just Alex, OTR Central, all of them. I was like, you know, I think I have it here. I think I have it here somewhere. I'll tell my Twitter. Hold on. Yeah, it was like, why? <laughs> my my thing was, why doesn't Daniel or anyone take the mask off the fiend? That could help. And I think, and the response I got from Joseph was, I never thought about that. And I don't think anybody has. I'm thinking the building to that. I think whoever the fiend faces at WrestleMania, that's going to be the catalyst. That's going to be the thing that helps them out. Like, if it's Roman or whoever, they're going to grab the Fiend, they're going to yank the mask off during the match. There's going to be a moment where Bray's going to realize he's lost his mask, he's losing his power, and then that's going to be his weakness. That's going to make him uh, end up losing. But, you know, again, it's like, why hasn't anybody, anybody thought about that? Why hasn't anybody employed that into the storytelling, into the match? Like, you know, look, we take that mask off, you're just Bray Wyatt. We know who you are. So, that's kind of weird because a lot of people complain about the red lighting when it gets used. Like, that's supposed to be... Uh, and I, I was trying to super chat this to uh, Alex the other night. Uh, just Alex. I said, that cr that red knight is like spinach to Popeye. Basically, that's the, <laughs> the fiend Bray Wyatt's spinach. It makes him strong. So, you have to wonder if it's not, the re not just the red light, but if it's also the mask. So, I'm, I'm wondering if, as we get close to Mania, if someone, either Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, or whoever they choose to face the, face the Fiend and maybe beat him, is going to point out, you know what, if we take that mask off, it's going to reveal that you're just Bray Wyatt trying to intimidate. And you know what I think? I've honestly thought about this too. I've come to realize that I'm thinking the leading, they're going to build towards a match where you're going to have the Fiend Bray Wyatt versus Triple H. I don't know why I get that feeling, but... Every time the Fiend does a a promo or Bray Wyatt does a promo in the Firefly in the every time Bray Wyatt does a promo in the Firefly Funhouse, he always says, "I and he never forgets or forgives," and he brings up past situations. So it makes me wonder if that's building towards maybe an eventual matchup with Triple H, and you build on the history of. Bray pointed out to Triple H, you promised me all this. You promised me and my family we get to run Rob Shop. We get to do this and that. And you lied. And you never kept that promise. Or you lied to us. Makes you think. Makes you think. So, um, but yeah, this match was good. Like I said, really good. And it was a great matchup. Physical, brutal, and storytelling-wise. Uh, 
And the storyteller, like I said, is Daniel being defiant, not wanting to help, going to the back. Even he was collapsing, he didn't want no help, he wanted to do it on his own. In other words, to show the, the Fiend, yeah, you beat me, but you didn't break me. So, you know, so that's, that's good storytelling. And then to follow that up, we had Becky and Asuka, and this was a great matchup. Back and forth between the two. Very stiff, very Joshi, strong style-like uh, matchup here. You know, like I said, it was very stiff. Very hard-hitting, like I say, very Joshi style. Strong style, if you will. Um, and it was great storytelling because, you know, both ladies would heat it, would beat the, were beating down on each other. And there were various times Becky would try to pin Asuka, beat her, put him to disarm her and beat her. And she just couldn't do it. And Becky would, and basically the story being told is, okay, you know, what can I do to beat this woman? What can I do to beat this woman? And even though she had Kyrie Sane at ringside, who competed in the Rumble earlier, the Women's Rumble, uh, Kyrie didn't interfere, which makes you wonder if there might be dissension there down the line. Um, but I don't know. I think they're going to be turning the Kabuki Warriors face, maybe, just for the fact that you had a interaction at the end of respect, and you kind of could tell maybe they might be going the face route with them. I don't know. Um, but like I said, in the end. Uh, the uh, but like I said, throughout the match was good. The the match, the hard hitting, the Joshi strong style, everything was great. Storytelling was great. Uh, there was even a moment where they sold the fact they sold the crap out of the fact that Oscar legitimately knocked Becky out. I mean, legitimately, it's like Oscar would hit her with knees and kicks, and this one knee just boom, and then Becky's just like boom, just comes, just crashes down, falls like a freaking tree. I mean, she it basically sort of like she legitimately got knocked out, and the referee was going to get ready to call the match and give it to Oscar, but Gr Becky grabs his legs and says, "No, no, I don't want to do this." And that somehow fired her up because then Oscar would go after her again, kick her, and she's inviting it. She's like, "Come on, give it to me!" And she's just yelling at her, saying, "Oscar, give it to me!" And all that, and Becky then and then Oscar does. She literally hits, her, kicks her right in the head. Becky falls again, but then she kicks out. And this leads us right into the finish where it looks like we're going to get a referee bump um, because they're going back and forth. Like Oscar's tossing her from one corner, or Becky's getting ready to toss Oscar, getting ready to Irish rip Oscar to one, from one corner to the other, but Oscar reverses it. And the referee's right in the corner, and then he, Becky stops. And this is just enough for Oscar to get ready to spray the green mist, but Becky kind of sees it coming and then kicks it. And it kicks Oscar right in the face, literally kicking the mist right into Oscar's face. Like Oscar's getting ready to spray her, and that's when Becky just kicks, kicks her right in the chest or kicks her right in the face, and it causes the mist to spray up and right into Oscar's face. And then that's when Becky gets the opportunity to put in um, the Beck's, uh, the uh, disarmor, and 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 Oscar ends up tapping in the end. Great strong showing by both women in this match. And then, like I said, you get that moment at the end where Becky's holding up a belt. She's looking at Oscar with a nod. Like, yeah, you know, I, you repaid your debt to me. I, I collected and I have a lot of respect for you. Like, she's acknowledging, yeah, you're probably the toughest opponent I've had and potentially could be the one that carries this belt next. But great match. I mean, there, there was even a moment where Becky had Oscar like on the middle rope. 
and she grabs her like this and literally springboards with Asuka off the middle rope into what looked like a rock bottom. Well, essentially was a rock bottom. But overall, great match, and Becky ends up winning. And I was thinking, are they going to have Charlotte come out and confront her? They didn't. I'm thinking they're going to save Charlotte coming out and making the announcement for maybe tomorrow, or they're going to tease it. Like, they're going to have Charlotte show up on both shows and kind of tease, like, who is she going to choose? So, it's going to be really interesting. Really interesting. I'm surprised they don't acknowledge that Rhea, and they should. They should have Rhea come out on NXT or maybe make an appearance tomorrow night on Raw and say, look, Charlotte, you're forgetting you have one other championship you can go after. You have one other champion you could choose. Might happen. Who knows? But yeah, it's just a great matchup. And unfortunately, this does lead to a lot more stronger speculation. We're going to get Flair and Lynch for at WrestleMania. So, uh, that that's potentially what I think... That potentially, sorry about that, I was just checking something. Uh, but that potentially is what I think is uh, going to happen. Now, as far as the Rumble match itself goes, you know, I know we don't like Michael Cole, and apparently Michael accomplished something by being the only person to announce the Rumble, or be part of the Rumble, or be part of the commentating team in, what was it, four, two, four decades or something like that? So I guess that's a congrats for him or something. But the Men's Royal Rumble was good. Uh, but I, but speaking of Michael Cole, what I was trying to say, um, he did make some kind of correct analogy or point of view. A correct analogy from his point of view and I think the fans' point of view. And that this was a rumble of two different rumble matches. That this was a tale of two different Royal Rumble matches. It's like the first... 13, 14, 15 minutes was Brock Lesnar's rumble. It was the Brock rumble, as people put it. And then the last was an entirely different rumble. It was like, it was every man for himself. And Brock, give him credit, really showed that uh, he could last uh, for as long as he did. I mean, yeah, they gave him jobbers. It was first Elias. I mean, Elias even sang a song of being sacrificial lamb, like knowing he's going to get his butt kicked. So, yeah, you know, you had some guys come in there, like Elias came in, he tried to fight, he got tossed. Uh, you had, um, you had Rude come in, he got eliminated. Some of them got, you know, um, F5'd, belly to bellied out. John Morrison came in at number five and literally tried his best, but he got hooked and just literally was tossed out. And then you got the Kofi Kingston, who actually did pretty good. Uh, Rey Mysterio came in, and then Big E came in, and they kind of triple teamed on Brock, but Brock basically wiped them out. And then you got Keith Lee coming in, and it's like, oh, here we go. And then, and I knew right then and there, things are going to pick up. I literally said that in my live reaction. I said, things are going to pick up. And they did, because after Keith Lee, and Keith Lee showing a bit of an impre impressive showing with uh, uh, Brock, against Brock, knocking him down and stuff. You had Braun come in, literally, so you had Braun come in and help out. Uh, but I think what happened was, instead of letting Keith Lee maybe have the moment, which is okay, it's fine, he's going to have his moment down the line, they had Brock eliminate both of them because they were both, both Braun and Keith were going after each other. 
Uh, oh, and speaking of big moments, some people may not point this out, but Big E actually was able to put the big ending on Brock. So that's kind of showing that, yeah, maybe you might want to see something. You might get something there um, uh, down the line if they feel like it. Uh, but then in the end, you had Ricochet come out. And pretty much you knew, okay, Ricochet, you're going to probably get your butt kicked. And, you know, he tried fighting, but, you know, he ended up getting tossed around. And then out came McIntyre. And McIntyre just locked her eyes with, with Lesnar. And I like what Lesnar, give Lesnar credit. He was able to sell the fact that he knew that there were certain people he was going to get in the ring that were coming down that aisle that were going to give him a fight. He knew it with Keith Lee. He knew it with Braun. He knew it with Shinsuke in a sense, even though he eliminated him. And he knew it with McIntyre. He knew it with McIntyre. And what happened is he's staring down McIntyre, and he's as he's staring down McIntyre, Ricochet hits a low blow, kicks Lesnar low, I guess a receipt for what happened on Monday. And this is able and this is enough of the distraction for McIntyre to hit the Claymore on Lesnar. And thus, McIntyre eliminates Brock Lesnar. And then we transition from... And thus, that's where Michael Cole's analogy of tale of two different Rumble matches, where we transition from the Brock Rumble to the Royal Rumble. Because basically after that, you knew this was McIntyre's time. And, you know, what you know, you could agree with the comment, what the commentators say here and there. You may not like what they say, but... They do. They are correct in saying that that basically that momentum of what McIntyre did uh, was, you know, it was like you know elevated him uh, to the to the top is what it or elevated him uh, to the end. And there were some great moments in there too. In fact, when Brock was dominating, we had a return, and no, it was an edge. It was MVP. Yeah. All of a sudden you hear this, and all of a sudden you hear this. I'm coming, and it's like. MVP? So you're wondering if it's a one-time deal, is he back? We'll have to see. Uh, but yeah, he was chasing after Paul Heyman, then he got in the ring and tried to fight Brock a little bit, but then in the end he got eliminated. So you got to wonder if MVP's back full-time or something. And then, of course, after McIntyre eliminates Brock and everything, then we get the moment. Moments after we get the moment... Buzzer goes off, you hear Alter Bridges, uh, the intro for Alter Bridges' theme for Edge going, If you can know me. And all of a sudden, boom, just blows up. The whole place explodes. The whole place explodes, and Edge comes out, and Edge has not lost a beat. He, 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 he's going like he's, like he, you know, just, like he retired yesterday, and now he's back again. And, He's not lost a beat. I mean, obviously, he's going to be like an occasional wrestler, part-time, sort of a Legends contract where he comes in once in a while. Mania is going to probably be the next one. Um, but yeah, basically, he had a great showing here. Very good showing. You know, we had him come back. We had Randy Orton come in. And of course, you saw both of them in the ring. And you knew, and I was pumped. I pumped. I popped for this. And I think the crowd in Houston popped with you had a reuniting throughout the match of rated RKO. You even had them doing the double teams of the RKO into a RKO, which led into a spear by Edge. You had the double RKO uh, McIntyre by them. 
it's just a great show. And they even <laughs> teased a little bit of tension. Like, you know, Andy was going to get ready to RKO Edge, and Edge just turns around like, what? Like, what do you think you're doing? And Orton's trying to play it up, and like, oh, don't, don't worry about it, man. I, mean, I was just kidding. You know, you know me. And so it looks like they're going to, like, they reconcile right there. They're going to, you, you know, it's like, they have that moment, and you're thinking, okay, they're going to, they're, they're cool. It's like, you know, Edge, Randy's like, hey, you know me, man. It's, like, it's his instinct. Don't worry. I was not going to, I was just kidding. Edge didn't think that way because what happened is it looks like after they reconcile, Edge literally grabs Randy and tosses him out. And you can tell him, and, you can, and Edge is like telling him, you think you're going to RKO me? I know how you think. So, yeah, basically it comes down to uh, Reigns, because Reigns gets in there. Um, and Edge, Edge, speaking of Edge, he has some eliminations. He took AJ Styles and literally tossed him over. You gotta wonder if that's gonna lead to Styles and Edge at Mania. That'd be something. But yeah, uh, they had uh, Edge. But basically, yeah, it came down to Edge. It came down to Reigns. It came down to McIntyre. And then Edge gets eliminated after he and and uh, Edge gets eliminated after him and Reigns on the uh, ring apron. And he falls back. And then it comes down to McIntyre and Reigns. And you're thinking, okay, Reigns. So. What happens is Reigns gets in the ring, he hits a Superman punch on McIntyre, and just when it looks like he's going to get ready to... I think, no, wait a minute, he did he hit a Superman punch? Well, I, I think he went for it. No, he went for it. Uh, McIntyre ducked, hit him with the Claymore, and then tossed him out. He tossed him out. Out. And McIntyre ended up winning. But what was interesting about McIntyre in this match, too, after he eliminated Brock, is he just kept... His focus. He kept his eyesight on Brock, who was still at ringside, getting up, leaving the ringside area. He kept his eyes on Brock. Like, he knew, he knows Brock's reputation. Like, you humiliate him, he's going to want to get back at you. So, yeah, overall, the, the Men's Royal Rumble was great. It was a, a great showing for a lot of the superstars. Some superstars didn't get a good showing. Like, Matt Riddle came in. Had some had a good a few moments of flurriness, and then he ended up getting eliminated by Corbin, who got eliminated by McIntyre afterwards. So, so yeah, basically, uh, yeah, you know, if you're a Matt Riddle fan, it wasn't a good showing for him. But overall, this was a, a decent Rumble. I'm going probably one of the better Rumbles in a long time, and um, to me, the right individual won. And I think whoever argued for McIntyre to win you know, and convince Vince to allow him to win, made the right decision because honestly, McIntyre losing was not going to be, McIntyre getting eliminated by Reigns was not going to go over well with the fans. Like I said, uh, like I said, it was a good, it was a good uh, move on WWE to tell the ring and, and this is something they should have been doing since he got here, since he got back to uh, obviously, we're going to get McIntyre or Lesnar, and looks like McIntyre is going to become champion before the year is out, maybe at Mania. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, we know that Lesnar and Heyman like to make, play politics and make the Rumble winner look like a chump, but hopefully that doesn't happen. And I definitely tell us, you know, just by that moment at during the Rumble when he stared at Lesnar and they just kept eye contact, it's like, yeah, you know, you got something special here, and. Obviously, somebody, like I said, advocated for McIntyre to win because they knew the reaction was, "Look, you give Reigns the win, you know, it's not gonna, you're gonna, 
you know, you can, you know, you're going to, um, you know, ruin any um, momentum you have for him as a babyface. So, uh, overall, the rumble was good. The event was okay. It was alright. Overall, decent event. The rumble matches, I think, were good. The uh, Becky Oscar and Fiend uh, Daniel match were matches of the night, in my opinion. And uh, can't wait to see what they do next. Uh, we do know that the Saudi Arabia show is on the 27th of February, and it's called Super Showdown. We'll see what happens there, if that's going to have any inkling going into media. And let's see how they build to this and maybe keep that momentum going. So, overall good show, and uh, that's all I'm going to say, guys. So, till next time, let me know what you guys think down below, and I am out.